0: Welcome to the Get Your Writing Done podcast. I'm Trevor Thrall, author of the 12-week year for writers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please submit a review wherever you get your podcasts. And for monthly updates on the podcast and other writing resources, you can subscribe to my newsletter at getyourwritingdone.com. Did you ever have a writing project where everything just clicked? I mean, from the beginning when you had the idea to the finished product, everything just went great. And on the other hand, did you ever have a writing project that did nothing but give you trouble from the day you started it until the day you finished it you know, or dropped it? I've had my share of both. And lately I've been reflecting on some of the things that determine how things go with my writing project. And what's sticking out to me today is the importance of being in sync with your writer rhythms. That's a technical term I just made up by the way, writer rhythms. According to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. I submit that a writer rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of writing. Boom. New term created. The argument I want to make in today's podcast is that when you are in sync with your writer rhythms, when you honor them, in a sense, your writing will flow much more easily. When you're out of sync, however, even the easy things will eventually start to become difficult. Today, I'm going to explore the concept of writer rhythms and offer a few observations that might help if you're looking to get in better sync with them. Okay, I defined the term, but I didn't really explain what I mean by writer rhythms. What I mean is that each of us has a bunch of internal settings how we like to work, when we feel most comfortable, how quickly or slowly we like to consume and produce words, when our brains are most fertile, what sorts of tasks we find pleasant versus painful, and so on. Taken together, these settings produce at least four different writer rhythms, that is, patterns that tend to govern our writing, other things being equal. The reason these rhythms are important is that like with your biorhythms, you feel and work better when you're aligned with them, and life sucks when you're not. You know the feeling. If you're not a morning person, you have to go to a work meeting at 6.30 a.m. Or imagining, uh, or imagine exercising at midnight if you're a morning person. You know, not going to go well. Well, I think writing is hard enough as it is. <coughs> so whenever I can find a way to make things easier, I'm all for it. Or even if I can just keep things from making writing harder, that's that's a big win. So like I said, I think there are at least four different important writer rhythms. Let me work through them, and this will all be a little clearer. So the first is the daily rhythm. Uh, and I think this is the writer rhythm closest to the biorhythm analogy. And the question here is basically, you know, when you write, you know, are you aligned with that daily writing rhythm? Um, you know, am I working at times when I'm most my, most alert? I'm confident. I'm creative. You know, if you're a morning person, are you working in the morning? If you're an evening person, are you working in the evening? Um, the other piece of this uh, to me is, um, you know, you're, the, the, the sort of the pace or conditions that are best for you in a day. Are you able to work in long, un, under-interrupted under stretches if that's what you prefer, or are you a person who doesn't mind or, in fact, does better uh, popping back and forth writing when, you know, <coughs> you have a minute in between other things, and that's fine for you, right? Uh, and and Daniel Pink uh, wrote a, a, a neat book called When that sort of looks at the science of when things happen, including... The question of like when during the day people work at their best. That's kind of interesting um, thought. So, I'm not the first person by a long shot to have any of these thoughts, but this is uh, sort of the first place to start the daily rhythm. And I think most of us have a pretty good sense of when it's best for us to write. Um, and hopefully, you're able to do that. We can't always do that, of course. Our schedules don't always allow us to use the best part of our day for our own stuff. Sometimes that's for the kids or it's for your work or whatever. Uh, but hopefully, you know, you have the ability to. Uh, create a schedule that allows you at least some of the time to be working in alignment with your daily rhythm. Now the second uh, rhythm is the weekly rhythm, and this is the one I talk most about as part of the 12-week year system. You know, thanks to the organization of modern life, our lives are lived in weekly segments. We have a calendar, you know, uh, we go to work on Monday, we rest on Sunday, and so on. So there's a weekly rhythm that's kind of baked into our brains at this point, Um, but for most of us, our writing also has a weekly cadence. So um, in fact, I think it's such an important part of things that I'm actually writing another short book about the weekly writing routine. And I'll talk more about that in a future episode. But the kinds of questions we might ask about our weekly rhythm, um, you know, do I have a consistent schedule that feels right for how I move through a week? Does my schedule allow me enough time to reach my goals without straining? does my schedule allow me to write on the days during the week when I feel most energetic and ready to roll? Um, One of the things I noticed as I got older was that despite how excited everyone is for Friday night to roll around, Friday night is like the lowest energy night of the week for me. I'm dusted from an entire week of working. Friday night, I am not going out to party. I'm sorry. And if you asked me to write something on Friday night, I would say no thanks. So so my, my weekly rhythm is that I have more energy early in the week and I have less later in the week. And then maybe I might pop up again on, on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday if I've had a, a calm uh, Friday night and Saturday morning. Right. And I think we all have that kind of weekly rhythm. And the question is, how does your writing fit or flow align with that weekly schedule? So does, in short, does your weekly writing routine have a rhythm that matches your internal rhythm for when and how much you want to write every week? So, so far, daily rhythm and weekly rhythm, these are pretty common topics of conversation even if they don't use those words. Um, and now we're going to get into a couple that I think are, are less common. And the third writer rhythm is what I think we should call, uh, or I'm calling for now anyway, project rhythm. Um, and this goes back to the questions I just raised at the top of the episode. Um, you know, have you ever had a project where things seem to flow really easily versus projects where, like well, that's a disaster. And... I think it's uh, our, our project rhythms are a big part of you know why it goes well or not with a diff- with different writing projects, right? For some projects, the alignment is just poor and, and life's going to be hard. For others, the alignment is nice and tight and the writing's going to flow easily. Um, and it has nothing to do with how hard you're trying, your effort level, how smart you are, how hard you're working. Um, no, it has to do with our built-in settings. And, you know, yes, there are lots of pre- reasons why a project might be harder or easier, you know, if inside your wheelhouse, or if it's something you don't know anything about, it could be hard, you know, fine. Yeah, but what I'm talking about here is the rhythm, It's the flow and pace of a project. Some people love fast-paced environments where work gets done quickly. Others of us can't stand that and prefer a slower environment. Some of us need a deadline to get motivated to finish things. Others find deadlines absolutely ruinous to their ability to uh, get anything done and to enjoy a project. Some people prefer the nice, slow, sustained pace of a long project where you can really sink your teeth into something. Others can't sustain any interest or energy in something that takes more than a few days. Right now, even if you look just at people who write novels, which we sort of just think of naturally as a relatively long project, you see wild variation in how much time people spend writing a novel. Anything from people who bang these things out in a month to people who take years and years and years and years to finish a novel, right? And, and it, that's just, that's a built-in setting. It has nothing to do with how hard people are trying or anything like that. It's just who you are, right? It's your project rhythm. I think academics probably on average uh, hold the prize for the slowest project rhythms. Uh, I remember watching an interview with the historian Joseph Ellis, who had uh, just won a Pulitzer Prize for his book, The Founding Brothers, and during the interview, he just sort of tossed off the fact that it took him 10 years to write. But he didn't even act like that was strange at all. He, he just sort of, you know, just, yeah, well, yeah, it took about 10 years, probably, you know, something like that. Yeah. And sure, he, he was doing other stuff along the way. He's a professor, he was teaching, he was undoubtedly, you know, working on another project here or there. But only people whose writer rhythm beats at a slow, steady pace are going to be able to stay with a book project for 10 years, right? Regardless of whether there's anything else going on in their life or not, you need a certain kind of rhythm to hang with something that takes 10 years to do. Most people aren't that person, right? Just aren't. And my point is we're all somewhere on the spectrum. We're all somewhere on the spectrum. It's not right or wrong. That's just who we are. And we need to respect that and harness our rhythm so that we can get where we want to go. Now, I've had plenty of experience with well-aligned and poorly aligned projects. Um, I've had projects that went, um, because the time was right, because the project was right for the right fit for me. Um, uh, you know, things have gone great. I, I'll let me just tell you one story about just, a, and this, you know, if I look back on it and I had been thinking in these ways, I might've had this insight sooner. Uh, but many years ago, um, and I was teaching up at the University of Michigan-Dearborn, I was teaching a spring semester course, or winter semester, I guess, up there we called it, um, on uh, science, uh, technology, and public policy. And we had a discussion about how the actor Christopher Reeve, who you may remember played Superman uh, way back when in the movies, well, you know, he fell off his horse during an equestrian event and became paralyzed from the neck down. And instead of sort of, you know, turtling and just being sad for himself, he became an incredibly uh, aggressive and successful advocate for spinal paralysis research. Uh, so successful, in fact, that they, the, the association for the research on this thing, they renamed themselves the Reeve Foundation. And he testified before Congress and all that sort of stuff. Well, anyway, we're talking about this in class. And, and at one point, I sort of looked up and, and said, I, do you think most celebrities would be that successful? Uh, at at getting attention for a cause like that, and we talked about different celebrities that we had sort of known who did that. And we said, you know what, that might be worth some some research. And so I took a poll, quick poll, said who here would be interested in working with me over the summer uh, on on a paper to research the question of celebrity advocacy for political and you know public health sorts of issues. And I got seven kids who said yes, and as soon as the semester ended, we met once a week to dish out uh, data collection and other, you know, tasks. And we spent the summer collecting the data, got that done in about maybe six weeks. And then I spent the next sort of four, six weeks writing and then meeting and talking with them about it and hammering out, <coughs> hammering out last bits and so on. And by the end of the semester, or sorry, by the end of the summer, I submitted the paper and it was accepted immediately. It was so good. Like it just flowed. It, and when I look back, it was you know maybe it was a great idea whatever it it wasn't it was just an idea what was great about it was that the project flow the rhythm was exactly how i like to work i like working with a small group of people i like meeting regularly i like because that helps me stay on track i like having something to do every week i like Sharing ideas, uh, all that stuff. But the pace of it was perfect. Summertime, I had a lot of time, right? I was able to sink my teeth into this project fully, which I tend to like uh, better than working on a whole bunch of stuff at once. Uh, and so that one flowed really, really well. And I won't bore you with the stories about the projects that didn't go that well because <laughs> it's long and drawn out, drawn out and painful. Um, but suffice it to say, I've had plenty of experience with. Projects that I was well aligned with from a rhythm perspective and those where I wasn't. Um, And now that I'm sensitive to these things, um, I I tend to use my spider sense about project rhythm to help me figure out which projects to do and which just not to do. And, you know, my goal is to only work on things where the alignment is strong, where I can see it's going to fit. But, you know, we don't always have a choice. Uh, Sometimes we can't avoid... A poorly aligned project, and sometimes, and this is how it usually happened to me, um, what I thought was a great project kind of goes sideways on you for various reasons. Somebody quits, uh, some experiment or data doesn't come out the way you wanted, and slows everything down, or you get a rejection, or you know whatever it might be. There's any number of things that can happen with a writing project um, that send you sideways, and and those things, you know, you just can't avoid, and sometimes you need to finish it anyway. And so what I've learned, and this is, you know, wisdom of the ages here, what I've learned is if I can't avoid, if I'm on a project like that, I can't avoid it, um, I just, I need to respect that fact. On those projects, I have to slow down. I have to expect the more obstacles. I have to use my patience muscles. I have to try not to push myself or, you know, schedule unrealistic deadlines, hold myself to unrealistic expectations because uh, I'm, I am just not in sync. And when I'm not in sync, I can't it can't go as well as it does other times. So, um, you know, I think project rhythm is an underappreciated aspect of the writing game, whether you're an academic, whether you're a nonfiction writer, whether you are a blogger, whether you are a fiction writer, I don't think it matters at all. I think we all have a project rhythm, a way we would kind of prefer from an internal settings point of view that you have no control over, the pacing and the flow of a project. and you have some tolerance, but you know, left and right of that preference, but man, if you get too far outside it, it's gonna be it's gonna be yucky. <laughs> and so, you know, to think about your project rhythm and, and maybe your alignment with the current project, here are some here are some questions you might ask yourself. You know, in general, do you prefer writing shorter things or longer things? Do you like um, projects to take a long time? Like how long would you want your next writing project to take if you're starting off on a new novel? This is something I, I noticed that a lot of people don't actually ask themselves, at least people who aren't using uh, a writing system like the 12-week year. Um, and one of the things I think is a big bonus of using the system is that you actually force yourself to ask questions like, well, how long is this going to take? Because I th- I'm trying to think back now. I don't remember ever possibly hearing somebody tell me they were going to start writing a novel and ever mention when they were going to finish. Right. I I mean, that's a that's an amazing thing when you think about it, because we all want to finish. And sure, there might be some uncertainty about when you are going to finish something that you haven't ever done before, maybe. Or, you know, this is a new book. I don't know what will happen when I start writing it. Sure. Um, But, you know, (laughs) ballpark. (laughs) And and the reason that's so important is because whether you know it or not, you have some internal settings. If you get far outside those settings you know, most people don't want to spend four years on a book, man. So you say, oh, I want to write a novel. But if I told you, okay, that's going to take you five years, would you still do it? Ah, maybe not, right? Oh, now maybe you would. Maybe you're the kind of person's like, I don't care, five years. That's no problem. Take ten years if it takes me ten years. Okay, great. That's you're in. Uh, but if you ask yourself this question, right, uh, how long do I like to work on projects? And, you know, it's not just writing. Your internal settings are for everything you do, right? A home improvement project. I mean, how many of us want to do a five-year build a house from scratch? Not too many. I do know some people who have done that. I'm really impressed. I got about a two-hour window myself. So that's (laughs) for home improvement projects, right? And so you ask yourself, do I like writing shorter or longer things? Do I like writing projects that take a week, two weeks, ten days, two years, right? Um, Do you prefer to focus on a single project at a time? Or are you someone who really feeds and and energizes off multiple projects at one time, right? The faster paced, um, you know, quicker hits uh, or one longer, slower thing. Um, When it comes to asking yourself about a specific project, right, I think the gut is the quicker way to find out answers than to do pro con lists, right? So do you feel a sense of ease and excitement when you think about working on a particular project? Or do you feel a sense of dread and depression, like avoid, avoid, right? Is your gut telling you to run? Or is your gut saying, I can't wait, right? And that's going to be a very sure guide to your internal settings about the project rhythm, right? And then another one I think is important. If you find yourself in the middle of something that might have gone sideways, right? Ask yourself, you know, and, and be honest, right? Do you feel like you have the energy to sustain your pace through the completion of this current project? Or do you feel like you're starting to burn the candle on both ends do you feel like you're maybe pushing yourself harder than is going to be comfortable and sustainable over the long haul because a lot of writing projects are long and you know you only have so many hours in a week in a year in a life and uh, it's better to spend them doing projects that you are uh, aligned with because those are going to go better be better feel better And spending a lot of life energy on things that are uncomfortable uh, that you're not aligned with is not really a great strategy, I don't think. So these are really important questions to ask about your project rhythm and how well a project might align with that. And then last but not least, maybe most, I don't know, um, we get to what is probably the least talked about of the writer rhythms. um, And that's what I'm calling your life rhythm. Maybe we could also call it the seasonal rhythm. And this is the rhythm that tells you sort of how much writing you want to do and when you want to do it. And that sort of reminded of the old, you know, biblical saying: "You know, for everything there is a season." And in this case, there's a time to write and a time not to write. A time to launch new projects, a time to finish up old ones. Um, my sister once told me a story about Nora Roberts uh, that she heard, and um, uh, she um, writes several books. A, a year right and somebody asked her at one point and I, and I don't I, I think two was the number she publishes every year and somebody said you know Nora you're so successful you get so much money why do you still write two books a year and she said because my publisher won't let me do four books a year <laughs> this woman is a machine in fact she created a pseudonym uh you know J.D. Robb is the uh, so she could publish another couple of books a year the woman is set on high right um she just has a natural rhythm that sort of makes her feel best if she starts her next book as soon as she finishes the last one others of us have one novel two novels in them don't really ever feel the need to write again right um it varies widely uh another aspect to rhythm is the seasonal part right and that's the time it has to do with the timing of your writing And I have not gathered any data on this, but my hunch is that most of us have a fairly predictable rhythm that dictates like, you know, how often we start a project and when we start it, you know, and and sort of when you usually finish these things. And again, I think people are all over the map on this. I'm most uh, familiar with academic writers because I lived among them for, you know, many, many years. And you see a lot of variation in seasonal rhythm. A very common pattern is for people to kind of read and take notes, um, and do no writing during the school year and then try to have a huge, big push for writing in the summer when classes are over. Uh, I did what a lot of people do, which is I used the semesters as my sort of calendaring and forcing mechanism. So I would try to um, you know, roughly start and finish one big thing, one paper each term, like three times a year kind of a thing. Uh, and then, you know, there'd be slower things also um, going on because you can't really write a book in a semester. So those would be a sort of a another tick, a slower tick in the background. That's tricky to do. I, I've talked about the trouble that one has juggling multiple projects and, and having a book project on the back burner while you're writing f- things on a quicker burner. That's very hard to do. <laughs> don't, don't enjoy it. Um, and other people in academia race the clock like they're, you know, it's a race to see how many things they can publish before they die. And their year is brimming every day with as much as they can fit in their schedules. Um, and, and that's just down to life rhythm. I mean, ambition, you can call it what you want, but everyone has kind of an internal setting. How much are they pushing um, to get writing done? Um, and, and, and then the when, right? So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Now, fiction writers, I've noticed, um, people who don't have pressing deadlines, right? People who aren't uh, constantly under contract for the next book, right? People who are writing on spec. Um, I've noticed that many of these folks love to have something or several somethings on the stove at all times. They're always writing a short story. They're always writing a novel or they're writing two of them. Um, other folks have slower cycle times and seem to maybe need a few years to get the last book sort of fully out of their minds and maybe do the marketing or whatever they're, they're doing with that. And then they need to marinate on the next project for quite some time before something kind of coalesces in them and it's time to write again. And, you know, whether that's they need to wander around until the muse strikes or whether they, um, you know, need a certain number of years of research to feel comfortable that they know the world that they're going to write about or whatever it is, right? Some people just have a, a slower rhythm. And again, there's no right or wrong to any of this. This is just how you're made. This is how we're all built, right? And, and my point here is that you know, the overarching point of the entire sort of discussion here is that we need to respect these internal settings. you might think it's really cool that Nora Roberts writes four novels a year. Um, and when you're sitting down hammering out your aspirational and, and writing visions, you might say to yourself, I want to write four novels a year, but guess what? No, you probably don't. Sure. You might wish you were the kind of person who wants to write four novels a year, but it's almost certainly the case that you don't want to write four novels a year. Very few people actually want to write four novels a year, and that's okay. (laughs) You don't need to write four novels a year to be a wonderful person. The key is to recognize who you really are and honor that person, right? How many novels a year do you actually want to write? That's what you need to make your goal, right? Get in touch with that internal setting and align with it. Right. Make that a strength instead of something that you're working against all the time, because I you know, have you ever seen somebody who went to medical school who didn't want to be a doctor? Have you seen how miserable that person is? And worse yet, if they end up becoming a doctor and then doing a job, they really given how hard it is. Right. I've sadly known many people like that. And boy, oh, boy, I would not recommend that on on anyone. So. You know, the questions to ask yourself about this is, you know, how much fire do you have to write? This is why I always harp on when you're, when you're doing the vision piece of the 12-week year, you know, sitting down and asking yourself, what part of your life does writing represent, right? What is writing to you? Is it a means to some end? Is it the end? How, how big a deal is writing for you? And, you know, given that, how much writing do you need to do? Do you need to race or can you enjoy? and just get things done on whatever time they get things done, right? Um, ask yourself what your natural cycle time is. Do you, do you need a few minutes to recover after writing something? Are you energized by jumping right into the next thing? Um, and, you know, how closely are you following your natural sort of seasonal cycle? Um, because I think some of us, like every fall, the leaves crisp up, and we think this is a great time to start a new project. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at starting projects in fall. Sometimes again in the spring I get another like you know rebirth sort of a thing. Summer typically not the time I start new things. Uh, Have done, but but don't uh, not usually. So anyway, you know, understanding your your cycle, your seasonality. I think these are things that you can harness uh, instead of fight against, and and find that your writing flows much more easily. Uh, All right, so you know, writer rhythms. I I think they're really important. Um, They're a little bit uh, nebulous and, and invisible and, and airy-fairy perhaps, but I'm, I'm convinced that these are the things that um, help us as writers, um, you know, become the productive people that we want to be if we can figure out how to honor and respect our internal settings and and make sure that uh, our plans are, you know, synced with those and we're not fighting against our natural selves every day. All right, I hope that was helpful. And um, look forward to hearing what you guys uh, have to say about that. Um, If you have any thoughts about writing rhythms that you'd like to share with me, shoot me an email at hello at getyourwritingdone.com. And until next time, happy writing.